Welcome to Eternal Elements Learning Podcast brought to you by Chessa Online. These podcasts are a part of the audio certificate programs on Chessa Online. You're free to take these podcasts on your desired portal also, should you only wish to learn on the go. Thank you so much for engaging on these podcasts. And you can connect with the author on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Hi, this is Nikit Karadzki from Atessa Online, talking to you on Eternal Elements Podcast, and we are dealing with strategy. Strategy, my favorite subject. It's so interesting. It's so creative. I specialize in international business management. I hold a master's degree in that. And I love the environment too. How can I not talk about globalization? We live in a world which is a global village now. And why is that? Internet brought about a complete transformation in the way business happens. Internet has smashed and crashed all the international boundaries. E-commerce has really set up a global world. Every organization in today's scenario must look at global options. There's no point being only local. You have a fantastic supply chain operational now and therefore products can reach any corner of the planet. Well, there are no corners on the planet because the planet is round and therefore it can reach any place. You got to believe that you're at the center of the earth so that you can dominate the entire planet. That's very important when you talk about the global mindset. Telecom has also brought about a massive revolution in the way the global business happens. World Trade Organization brought in member countries and there are a whole lot of trade agreements and uh, a lot of integration that has happened across their different regions and that has given an impetus to the global business for sure. I am going to talk about global environments in the subsequent seasons. However, I will talk about a few aspects of strategy when it comes to globalization. So, there are a whole lot of things that are happening. Tariffs are collab- collapsing, uh, countries are collaborating, markets are opening up, investments are flowing in, investments are flowing out. The customers are becoming a lot more aware because information is available. They're demanding high quality products, they're demanding cheaper products, and therefore organizations must understand that the moment they decide that they want to go global, they got to build an organization, their structure, their systems, their processes, their culture based on how they wish to operate. And therefore, the moment you determine that you want to go international, you must decide how is it that you're going to orientate your organization. Orientation is very, very crucial when it comes to how you would like to play a role in the global environment. The first orientation is ethnocentric. Now, in an ethnocentric organization, what happens is you follow your own culture and your own values and you impose them in the country in which you operate. Not a great practice because a lot of times countries can actually refuse to have you. And when I mean talk about countries, I'm talking about the end customer. Ethnocentric is not actually a preferred option, but a lot of companies which think that they want to bring in their own culture into different countries, and if that is possible, maybe you can look at an ethnocentric approach. Normally, the big brother plays this kind of a role, but in today's world, big brothers are not too preferred. Then there is a polycentric orientation. 
The strategy to be implemented is allowed to dominate the company's international decision-making process. That means what you do is the culture of the country in which you're operating, that culture of the country can determine your strategy. So in the ethnocentric, it was your own parent company and the parent culture that you were taking in. But in the polycentric, you're looking at the country in which you're going to operate and you would like to orient it towards that culture. Then there is this regiocentric orientation. A regiocentric orientation, if you decide that your organization is going to operate in a region, let's say the European Union or the Americas, or maybe uh, you're looking at ASEAN, or maybe you're looking at SARC. So you determine a regiocentric orientation where you study the overall business dynamics of that particular region and you can come up with the way you want to operate. Now, a lot of free trade areas or FTAs and a lot of regional trade areas uh, where a lot of agreements exist, the free trade agreement and the regional trade agreements exist, or maybe you have customs unions and you have political integration and economic integration that's happening, you may determine to go uh, in a regiocentric orientation, but the best of the organizations who have succeeded are geocentric in orientation. This is when the international firm adopts a system where the decision-making is based on global inter integration. Now, geocentric organizations are typically very, very uh, difficult to manage, it's expensive to manage because you're building a culture which is not a parent culture, it's not a local culture, but you're actually evolving a culture that fits the entire planet and that can be a little tricky, but we will talk about it when we move into international business management as one of the seasons in this podcast, which is something that I'm planning for sure. Therefore, global strategic problems also come up. And there are massive control problems that can arise when you're managing a firm because what happens is the firm is completely decentralized in a global environment. However, if you bring in technology, it can become very easy for you to manage. And by the way, a lot of world-class companies, which are global companies, are also global in nature. So they're globally local. And what happens is because of technology, you can have your office, and this is typically true with IT companies, you can actually have an, an headquarter in a particular country and with the leverage of technology, you can operate all over the world. Now then, you're able to control all the problems that can happen. But if you are a, a firm that's having plants and offices all over the world, then obviously you're dealing with diversification and therefore you will have to come up with systematic control mechanisms to ensure how you're going to manage it. But that's something for the other day. We're going to talk about it when we move into international business. Think whether you want to get into global strategic planning. If you want to get into global strategic forming and you want to form those kind of strategies, great. Global industry is an industry in which you're competing across international borders. It's about operating on a worldwide basis. It's fun. You actually attract massive talent and it's very, very interesting to operate in those areas. There are various methods in which you can evolve your strategies when you're talking about a global you know, scenario. One is you can go in for licensing and contract manufacturing. That means you've got a product, you've got a technology, you can license it off and you can operate. You can also have franchises all over the world. And when you have franchises all over the world, what you tend to do is they carry your brand, they carry your logo, they carry your culture, they carry your product, they carry your service and therefore... It's virtually you who's there, but the person is actually a business partner of yours. You don't have any stakes in terms of direct investment. You have stakes, which are the non-financial stakes of the organization. 
you can also open up your foreign branch or you can enter into a joint venture partnership and when you're moving into a joint venture partnership it's very crucial to look at a great JV partner and finally you could also decide to enter yourself directly which is your own FDI it's your own investment and you can actually create a wholly owned subsidiary there which can be your strategic business unit for that particular country choose your strategy well decide how you can operate at a global level and once you determine how you're going to operate at a global level then it makes sense to do an internal analysis of the SWOT and the TAUs that's something we're going to discuss in my subsequent podcast because people stop at SWOT they don't get onto TAUs and we're going to talk about that thank you very much this is Nikit Karazi from Atessa Online bringing you eternal elements I'm signing off from this podcast I'll see you in the next podcast for sure thank you so much for listening to me thank you for being listeners of the podcast and I assure you we're going to have some great podcasts coming in subsequently for sure and we're going to keep the interest level and engagement high thank you so much I'll see you again